Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode of Red Business, we're going to talk about the Network Cork Awards that are coming up next week and we're going to hear about an initiative to get young people involved in STEM through a big top in Fitzgerald's Park. And that kind of feeds into our first interview. We need a lot of kids to study STEM because a report from Cyber Ireland has shown that we're building a bit of a cyber security hub here in Cork. Apparently, we have more firms in this sector in the city and county than in any other county in Ireland. William Dalton is with IT at Cork to talk about this and he's also going to fill us in on a festival he's organising to showcase what's going on. William, it's all about the festivals this week. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Jonathan? I'm good. Um, first of all, let's talk about this cybersecurity cluster. This has been building for a while, hasn't it? W- why did they start to choose Cork? Uh, you know, this is this hasn't been an o- <coughs> excuse me. This hasn't been an overnight uh, thing. You know, if you go back twenty years ago, I think we we had the first you know pure play cybersecurity company come in, which was you know a trend. My own company. And, you know, over the last number of years, we've had more and more pure place cybersecurity companies set up shop in in Cork. And I guess a lot of it got to do with foreign direct investment. Initially, the multinationals coming in with the help of Enterprise Ireland. Um, and you've, you've had this cluster of companies build up over time and build up this ecosystem which exists. So if you look at across the world, you know, the majority is in US, then you have Israel. And Cork is pretty much third in the global uh, scheme of things when it comes to cybersecurity. And I guess, you know, uh, based on the cluster that's, that's kind of built up around Cork, every time someone comes in to look at Ireland as an option, then Cork is the obvious choice. Mm, and and that that's a good thing. Uh, but how are we going to get all the people to fill those jobs? Yeah, when, like, again, this this hasn't happened overnight. You know, there's a lot more courses now coming from MTU, from from UCC, from, from Waterford as well. Um, to, to build up talent, there's a lot of initiatives that are happening within industry around uh, transforming people from existing roles into cyber, um, and then even you know uh, education and enablement activity. So there's a whole plethora of different things around building that talent pipeline, and there is some still shortages, and and it's just some stuff we need to catch up. But there's there's a lot going on. Uh, cybersecurity is is never far from the news. So the HSE attack last year really focused That's our right. minds here in Ireland and and showed how vulnerable systems can be. There is no way other than this is going to be a growth sector in the years ahead. Because as technology continues to spread, the bad guys keep looking for ways in which to exploit it. You're right. You're right, and that constantly changes. Um, you know, we're, in some ways, we're we're trying to you know keep up with the hackers and 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 the bad actors and. And, and what they're doing and what new tools and techniques or methods they have. But, um, you know, trying to trying to uh, fight them. Uh, everybody's kind of working, working, doing their bit. But, you know, there are consequences. The HSE has, you know, has been uh, something that's top of everyone's mind. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a, a sector that's going to continue to grow. Um, and as we more digitization happens, more uh, connectivity happens, you know, this is going to be prevalent for the next number of years. Everybody talks about, oh, well, the Russians are going to do this, or, you know, I, people hear about phishing attacks. They, like all crime, they don't think it's going to happen to them until it's probably too late. What's the most important thing that we can all do as individuals to protect ourselves uh, so we don't have to necessarily rely on the support from companies? Yeah, I mean, like, you you hit a very important point. I was actually talking to one of our, our people in the field, and and uh, they were talking about the hospitals and how they believe hospitals won't be attacked by these bad actors. You know, and, and we know for in Ireland this is not the case. Uh, education, they also believe sometimes they won't do attack in there. But you know, these guys are uh, ruthless. 
some some of them have some form of ethics, but some some have none. Um, so so that will continue to be the case in regards to how you can protect yourself. Email is still the primary attack vector. You know, uh, phishing and, and and trying to get into an environment. You know, using phishing techniques and then lateral movement and moving within the network and collecting information to a point that they can detonate ransomware and then pretty much lock down your system and then obviously hold you for ransom. So that's email still the primary vector. Yeah. Are, are we moving away from the idea of data being stored locally on servers? Is, is it all moving and migrating to the cloud now, which is perceived as being safer because it has the support of the big players in the sector? Yeah, this, I mean, the shift has been happening as well, you know, since... You know, the, around 2010, you see a small footprint of cloud and SaaS, and this is becoming the predominant one now. Um, data center collocations are, are becoming, you know, not smaller, but they're not growing as, as quick as they used to. But cloud is, has exploded, SaaS has exploded. And what, what's happened is that as a consequence, the surface area of attack has now just moved from data centers to cloud, hybrid cloud. So there's a lot more points of entry. Um, and then you need to look at, how you extend your network and how you protect that network, which is more than your data center or your office, so or your server. So yeah, the, the service area attack is, has has um, become vast, and then the protection mechanism has been become more complicated, and that's mm-hmm. why we need a lot more cybersecurity professionals to help companies to deal with this. And and we need a lot more of them here in Cork. Which brings us to TechFest. Uh, tell us a little bit about TechFest. Who you who you hoping are, is going to go, and uh, what's going to be on offer. Yeah, so TechFest is is an event that's uh, you know um, run by IT at Cork every year. Uh, this is the, this is again the first year now we've come back to an in person event since pandemic. So everyone is really excited about getting back together, and meet each other face to face, and and get this you know see people in the flesh. So we're really excited about that. Um, we're still have the same themes as we had last year uh, around uh, innovate, transform, and inspire. And we have um, over 22 speakers. So it's a jam-packed morning session. Uh, we have Mela Kumar coming from New York, who is from GitHub, who's going to talk about um, how to build better tech, really, and, and look at how to build basically technology that it doesn't do any harm. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting. And then we have a whole uh, plethora of keynotes and, and panel discussions over the morning session. Uh, we have the, one other kind of change we made this year is we're, we're building out more of the festival element and we have 12 different partners who are running parallel sessions in parallel to ITA Cork. So that, that's that's really good and, and next year we hope to even build enough further to to get more of a social element, more of, yeah. of a festival feel into the event itself. So well, it's really, really growing. St- steady on, we're only going back to in person. Don't over festival is just yet now. Uh, we, we might <laughs> lose the run of ourselves. What's the IT at Cork website if people want to find out more? Uh, itcork.ie so if you want to find out the speakers the the topics uh, you can find all the information on there okay itcork.ie William Dalton chair of the IT at Cork Tech Fest committee thanks so much for joining us thanks Jonathan get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie now three years ago after we spoke to the team behind the first Cork Carnival of Science I'm delighted to say it's back and it's arriving at Fitzgerald Park next month the organisers are promising a bonanza no less of scientific fun education and entertainment I'm delighted to be joined by Mervyn Horgan who is the manager of the Lifetime Lab at the Old Cork Waterworks and Mary Walsh who's the executive scientist with Cork City Council Mary that's a very posh title, by the way. If you're the, not just any old scientist, the executive scientist, no less. 
Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> it's lovely to talk to you. And obviously, Mervyn, this has been in the planning for a long time, like most events taking place this summer. It is, it is. I mean, a very long-term plan, but a very short execution, Jonathan, uh, given where we're coming from. Yeah, so tell us what can people look forward to? What, what did you plan three years ago that COVID ruined? Well, I suppose it was just the ability to get together and have a big celebration in an outdoor space. Um, and we basically, we, we've we've gone back to, to what we were doing. Uh, like the basis is that we were running events at Lifetime Lab at Oldcock Waterworks for many years. And we identified that there was a huge appetite for the type of uh, hands-on STEM engagement activities that we were doing. Um, and then we, we said we need a bigger garden. So Fitzgerald's Park is, is a fantastic venue. Uh, Cork City Council uh, were on board. Fantastic uh, response from Cork City Council. And then Science Foundation Ireland came on board as well. So we've uh, we have a huge lineup. Um, like we, we're putting in a big top, a little top. Um, we have about 35 different marquees and gazebos of all different sizes. We have a live performance stage and street cuisine. So we have a full, a full day out. A lot of it is based around just getting kids interested in science and showing them the wonders of science. It's been a while since, I mean, a lot of kids didn't even have the joy of, of outdoor trips or even going to the waterworks where they might have seen experiments happen in real time. So this, for many kids, is the first time in a long time they're going to be exposed to what science can do. It is, it is, Jonathan, and um, like we've we've a range of activities. We've sit down shine shows in our in our in our big top. Um, we have uh, W Five from Belfast coming down. They're fantastic engagement uh, people. We have Mark the Science Guy who was on RT's Let's Find Out doing big top shows. We've Eureka from Edinburgh coming over doing the little top with uh, Simply Science from Dublin. Phil Smith, who you'd see there um, on Ireland AM and RT doing uh, doing a few things like that as well. We've pop-up activities. Um, we've science on stilts. They're going to walk around. Real scientists that are actually stilt walkers. So they're going to do some um, in-person hands-on experiments um, live. And lots and lots more. We've sit-down workshops. We have activity stands. As I said, we've street cuisine. We've live music. So it's a full, a real full-on day out. I, I, I'm genuinely intrigued by the science on stilts. Uh, I mean, it's, it's often been alleged that things are science on stilts, but you're literally, uh, you're bringing it to life. Mary, there is a very important side to this as well, because we are looking after the future here. We need to convince young people of school-going age that science, technology and maths and engineering are really, really important subjects. And it's, it can be fun. It doesn't all have to be the book side. Absolutely. And this is the beauty of the Carnival of Science. Um, it takes science out of the classroom, out of the formal learning environment into a fun, informal kind of environment of the city park. Um, they can experience and interact with science, uh, with their families, with their peers. And really, I suppose, as a council, we want to encourage people to interact with science, appreciate the role of science in our society and you know, its potential to solve many of our modern day problems um, like climate change, you know, advan- advancements in medicine, technology and so on. And we want to see, you know, young people girls in particular to take up STEM subjects and maybe choose a career in science. Um, and, you know, we, I suppose the, the idea and the ultimate aim is to provide, you know, a well-informed, well-qualified workforce for 
all of the wonderful progressive industries we have in the Cork region. Mm. And and that's very important because those industries are going to keep coming. We know that the population of Cork is expected to grow quite significantly. Cork City is is uh, the place where a lot of these companies want to set up. We need a throughput, don't we? The universities are great at churning them out, but if they don't go to the right course and, and pick the right STEM subject, then we're not going to have the workforce that these companies will need in 10 years' time. Absolutely. And while we have wonderful third level institutions and we have great relationship with them, we want to foster the love of science, technology, engineering and maths at a much younger age. And we want to remove the barriers to taking up those um, subjects, you know, very early on. And I think that's the beauty of the carnival is that, you know, they get to experience it with their families in a different type of environment. And it kind of removes a lot of the barriers that people perceive, Mm. you know, to these subjects. Uh, We'll talk about your exact job in a minute, the executive scientist at Cork City Council. But did you have anything like this when you were that age, when you were in, in the 10, 12 impressionable age? I mean, how did you get hooked on science? Absolutely. I didn't have anything at that age, but I was lucky in that I went to a very good school and there were very, uh, it was a girls only school. Very unusually, it had very strong science um, teachers. And, you know, for my leaving cert, I chose biology, chemistry and physics and maths. And, you know, that was really done as many in, it's the same with many, I suppose, people. It's down to teachers and individuals, you know, um, and I suppose we can't underestimate the importance of teachers and, you know, the influence that people have on kids. And, you know, I think an event like this will make a huge impression on young people's lives and will stick in their heads, you know, and and would would be a factor, I suppose, when they're making choices further down the line. Mm. And and what does the executive scientist at Cork City Council do? Because we know that, that, as I've often described, Cork City Council and all the councils around the country are both the source of and the solution to many of life's problems. It's a real challenge that you have. Um, what do you do on your day-to-day basis? Well, my job is, I have a very nice job. Um, my job is really a lot of awareness and education. I work with waste management, um, waste management planning, recycling, um, climate change, you know, but we have quite a number of scientists in the local authority and we work on a range of different areas, you know, like water quality, air quality, um, the Kinsale Road landfill site and climate action. So, you know, there's there's a lot of work for scientists mm. to, con- um, to do in the local authority and a lot of contributions that we can make. Yeah, and en- enough to keep you busy, I would suspect. Marvin, how busy is the Lifetime Lab now uh, that you've, you've got school tours coming back into you? We have, we have. And I mean, I suppose like we're coming out of a, uh, an unprecedented era, Jonathan. We, we're delighted to welcome uh, primary schools back um, after Patrick's Day. We felt that was the right time. The masks um, were removed in after the midterm break, as you know, the first week in March. So we're delighted. We're fully, we're fully booked, um, and it's it's very very busy. We have a school here today from from Ballincollig, uh, a Gale school, and they're doing hands-on science activities. Um, their first, their sixth class. So it was the first time in, in almost three years that they were uh, able to come out and experience hands-on activities. Okay, well that that's good to hear. Tell us a little bit about uh, where people can find details of the Cork Carnival of Science and when it's on. Sure, sure, John. And it's on Saturday the eleventh and Sunday the twelfth of June. Uh, the gates open from 11 until 6. It's free entry. 
Um, details are available at www.oldpuckwaterworks.ie. We have an event page there. We also have the event map and downloadable uh, PDFs as well, so you can plan your activities in advance. Um, parking will be provided um, at the Sacred Heart Church and also the Camp Park next to the Kingsley Hotel. So we'd like everyone maybe to park and walk up to the park. We will be closing the roads of traffic just because of the volume of people that we are expecting. Okay, um, and and just for the record, Mervyn will be the fella on the shorter set of stilts uh, when you do see him there. It's <laughs> oldcorkwaterworks.ie is the website. All the details there. Good luck with the event. Mervyn Horgan of the Lifetime Lab, Mary Walsh of Cork City Council. Thanks very much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Now, excitement is building amongst members of Network Cork as they gear up for their Businesswoman of the Year Awards next Friday. We've spoken to lots of members of the organisation on Red Business over the years. It's fantastic to see in-person events getting back up and running. I really enjoyed when I did this a couple of years ago. But the baton has been handed to award-winning journalist Gina London, who is with me. Hello, Gina. Hello, Jonathan. Happy to be back with you and happy to be coming back to the Rebel County and Cork for this incredible in-person event. I know, well, you see, the, we'll always roll out the red carpet, but it is an in-person event, which is great because everyone gets together. I mean, I, I, I was standing next to a balloon in a room of my own when I did this uh, a couple of years ago. So were, anything better than that is a step up. The president of Network Cork, of course, is Maria Desmond, who's also with us. Hiya, Maria. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Gina. Uh, we're, we're so excited uh, to be having a real live in-person event after, you know, it was kind of sad for finalists and winners and everybody um, to have online awards in 2020 and 2021. I thought you were going so, to say it was sad for them to see me presenting it, but I mean, you, you, you recovered <laughs> quite well there, Maria, I have to say. But it is a brilliant night to celebrate uh, the fantastic businesses that are run by women in Cork. It is. We want to celebrate women, their careers and their businesses and entering the awards gives members the opportunity um, really to elevate the work that they do. And, you know, there are 15 branches of Network Ireland around the country. Cork is the largest branch. We're a non-profit. And all of the eight winners on the night of Friday next week, the 27th, they go on to represent Cork in, um, it's going to be Galway this year in October. So there's a lot of energy in the room. We've 31 finalists and they're coming from all different walks of life. And there are solo business women who work on their own. There are emerging new businesses being represented. Uh, established businesses, um, so women who have had their own businesses for three years or more. Then we have employees being acknowledged. Um, people are new in businesses are in the rising star category and more experienced people are in the shining star category. And um, then we have the arts represented in the creative professional category science, technology, engineering and maths are another one. And then a category that was brought in in 2020 with COVID was called the Power Within Champion. Mm. So we still wanted people whose businesses might have been struggling to do with the pandemic to still enter. If you were keeping your head over water, 
you deserve to be acknowledged. So they have retained that category nationally as well for this year, okay. maybe the last year. And, 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 so to be, and, that, and that was a brilliant opportunity to highlight the fact that not everything was going to be brilliant in COVID and lots of people had to pivot uh, to keep exactly. the lights on or indeed to expand their business. Now, I believe that you've been in the back shed chiseling furiously for a President's Award. It's the first time a President's Award is being oh. handed out, I understand. <laughs> so uh, what, who, what do you do to qualify for that one? You get selected by the president. Ah, okay. Um, yes, we're not having an overall winner in Cork this year. We're sending eight um, different winners to represent Cork. So we're not choosing one of those as being the overall winner. So um, the idea behind the president's award was to give it to somebody who is this year outside of the network but has inspired network members okay and it's building relationships with um other communities within cork okay. so all will be revealed on the 27th on the night. yeah no pressure yeah. gina that that's you you have to pick that one up in the room but it, it's great to be back in in person at events i don't know uh, like i i've done a few of them and it's just it was just like a hand going back into a glove that everybody just slipped straight back into it you know, absolutely. And in fact, the last in-person event that I did as an MC and host before lockdown and everything in March 2020 was in Cork. And so it's great to be coming back. And of course, I'm one of those not just award-winning journalists, but also, of course, I run my own company as well. And so to have to make that pivot from what I used to do as an in-person host, an in-person executive coach, an in-person trainer on purposeful communication through my company that I founded in Cork, Language of Leadership, I'm really looking forward to joining everyone in celebrating, joining everyone in commemorating and looking back and seeing how they've become more resilient and the types of pivots they've made and the way they've been able to advance themselves and their careers and their companies during this time. And yes, I am grateful that I've last week I did two different in-person conferences. I ran those and I've been able to speak at a number of them now in, in across Europe and as well going back to the United States even once already back in February. So things are up and running, but it's always that first time mm. of coming back and putting on the finery and looking at each other face to face, not through the two dimensional style that we were doing through Zooms and Mike and Teams and those types of things. So it's going to be fantastic, and I really look forward to joining the wonderful women together in celebration. I mean, there, in there, court. there are fabulous companies that have been founded by women. There are fabulous roles being played by women in established companies as well. It's the type of award ceremony that um, should have been always going on but it's it's a testament to Network Cork and Network Ireland that, that it's become such a big event. Well, I, and I want Maria to expand on, on how it's gone but I can remember when I moved to Cork this is my seventh year now in Ireland and the first three of them were in Cork and the first event I ever went to was a Network Cork event. So I know the power of this particular network. I know Network Ireland all around the nation is really amazing about empowering and strengthening women through their credibility, their events, and, and the types of supports that they provide. But then I actually led a couple of events as a, as a facilitator and trainer for and speaker for Network Cork. So I'm thrilled to see how it's expanded, and I look forward to joining Maria. 
Um, and Maria, in that context, the judges have had a tough old job this year picking out the eight winners because there there is a sizable number of entries, I understand, uh, that really made the grade. Linda Kiley uh, is one of those who's actually uh, working on the judging panel. I know she's supported by Niall O'Keefe um, from the Leo and Vicky Crean from AIB as well. But it ain't easy being a judge. No, it isn't. And there's an awful lot of reading of applications and uh, research and everything goes into it. There's financial analysis to be done as well. And we have been given excellent feedback by them that uh, the standard of applications is higher again this year. And just going back to your point about Network Ireland, it's celebrating its 40th year next year. So that's a testament to how important this non-profit organisation mm. is for supporting women. Now, it's going to be a very busy event. We know that. Uh, there are still some tickets left available. It's going to be taking place on a Friday. Let me get the date right. Friday the 27th. So that's the date yes. that the Glad Rags should all be donned. But if people want to get tickets to the event, how do they find them? Um, well, they go on uh, networkireland.ie and um, they will find it listed there as an event. Uh, important to note also that we're honoured to have uh, Minister Michael McGrath attending as a speaker as well. Um, so, yeah, the tickets are on Eventbrite. Um, they're, I think it's €89 Euros for members and 110 for non-members if people would like to join us and see what we're all about. We're all, we have monthly events. We also started podcasts ourselves um, last year and um, got through the pa- pandemic by um, organising meetups um, and the marina and places like that for people to get together. So we'd love if people joined us on the night um, or indeed our next month's okay. uh, event. Lots of reasons why you should go or get involved. But for now, President of Network Cork, Maria Desmond, and the MC at the awards next week, Gina London. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thanks so much, Absolutely. See you there. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. That's it from this episode of Red Business. Kira McDonough was the producer as always. Stay tuned though. We're going to give you a little sneak peek of the latest episode of Red Business in Focus, our video series with thanks to the local enterprise offices. Very welcome back to Red Business in Focus with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices where we're meeting the personalities behind ambitious new businesses every week. And this week we have got TJ Hegarty of Breakthrough Maths with us. TJ is going to share his startup journey. They're in their first year of business still, but they've already hired 20 staff and are teaching 300 students each week across primary and secondary schools. TJ, you're very welcome. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Jonathan. Good glad to be here. Um, now, we've spoken before about the journey that you've been on, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. What we ask everybody to do in 30 seconds, and you have to get it right now, considering your business is maths, in 30 seconds or less, tell us about what you do. Okay. Um, so we're an online math school, uh, and... We are just trying to change teaching a small bit. What we're trying to do is go from bigger classes to small classes. We are trying to give support outside of the classroom. And we are trying to go online. And to make it more easier, convenient and stress-free for students. And that's, that's it. It's, it's in a nutshell, that's what yeah. it is. Um, maths, uh, some people really love maths. Other people uh, can struggle with basic concepts. And, and that's not really a reflection on the individual. It's just a lot of the times the way maths is taught and that that was your motivation for setting the business up wasn't it yeah it, it was um 
it's certainly one of the hardest subjects in school and it's most in demand for extra tuition across every country in the world essentially. Like there's companies in, in India that are just specialising in maths tuition and are almost public public companies at this stage. Um, it's there is, it's quite tricky and it's, what we try and do is I hire a lot of uh, teachers and students from UCC who bring a lot of energy, enthusiasm to the, to the lessons and you see it reflecting the students and they're radiating out of it and if they begin to enjoy the lesson, the math begins to follow and practice, practice, practice a number of weeks and you see students flourish. It takes kind of six weeks and you see students begin to progress and results follow. Yeah, I mean grinds are not unusual. I mean people have been getting grinds uh, since, yes. since school began yeah. uh, but it's, it's about using technology in your case, isn't it? It's making that connection with the child without having physically yeah. being in the room with them. I hate the word grinds. Do you know that? It sounds like it's tough. It it's sounds hard. hard, yeah. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like, it should be as easy to just log in and do a lesson, enjoying it and feeling like, God, I'm actually getting hang of maths. And there's nothing worse. Do you know when you're going to school on Monday morning and you've got double maths and you're like, oh God, I can't face this. Imagine if you're getting the help and you can begin to understand it. Your Mondays get better, your weeks get better and school gets better as a whole. Yeah, and do you see what? What do you see in terms of, of progression then? Well, I mean, you've had students who've done really, really well in your mm -hmm. first year, haven't you? I've had students from with dyscalculia, dyslexia, autism, right through to sixty-five point students, seen like right across the spectrum. Uh, it takes a number of weeks to get into it, and you just you just see them progress. Six weeks generally after that, you see them progress afterwards. And I've had students who continue right through. I've I've done this previously as well before I even started this business. I've had students for almost 10, 11 years teaching this, so students come back and, and all the time. Of course, maths is a universal language. Uh, you may think about it in the context of the Irish curriculum, but you're already looking at exporting this idea. And, and because you're online and it's a digital product, you can bring this wherever mm. you want to bring it, can't you? Yeah. Uh, we're looking at the UK for sure. Um, and I've already kind of started that with a guy who'll set the curriculum and, and develop the curriculum there. Um, and we're going to start, we started in Northern Ireland last year on a small time basis and we're going to transfer over and begin to concentrate in London, uh, looking at the GCSE, A-levels and primary school curriculum over there. And is there a lot of correlation between the, the curriculums are different, but I suppose, as I said, maths is the same. The, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's algebra and there's algebra. It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's taught here or in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. There should be just one set of notes that should go right across the world. Like algebra, you're right. It should, it, it's the same. The questions are phrased slightly differently, um, but generally it's the same topics right across the board. In England, they, we do, they do a slightly different system. In fact, tutoring over there is a far bigger business, and uh, people they actually have a we have a higher standard of teaching maths in Ireland than in England at the moment, and. So there's a huge need for it in England as well. Um, one of the things that you got help with from the local enterprise office was the online trading voucher yeah. as well. What difference did that make when you were scaling up in the last 12 months? Yeah, big time. Even just like, do you know when you're starting out and you're like, right, I've got to pay for a website and you're just using your own cash flow and you're like, right, these guys will support me. And it almost gives you a confidence kick at the start. And that's hugely important. I got the second TUV then later, uh, actually recently, and like that's a, a cash flow that's really needed as we head into summer. It's just that bit of a boost when you start and then again when you look for the second one when you really need it. So it's, it's a huge confidence boost and a financial kick as well. Yeah, it really does work because I know from uh, someone in my house is doing it, it really helps break down maths and make it understandable and digestible. If people are looking to, to maybe find out a little bit more about the company, how can they go about doing that? Uh, it's breakthroughmaths.com and uh, our website and the first, the first uh, grind is free to do, so it's hassle-free. Okay, and uh, you're 20 staff now and you've over 300 pupils help, so you're, you're on a trajectory. Hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed, yeah. Okay. yeah TJ yeah. Hegarty of Breakthrough Maths, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much appreciate for coming it. in. Thanks, Jonathan, appreciate it. 
And that's it again for this week. Next week, we'll be joined by June O'Flynn, who's going to fill us in on her family business and how it's gone from strength to strength over the years, hearing about her move to bigger premises and developing an e-commerce site, while also focusing on the importance of supporting local next week. We do hope you can join us then for Red Business in Focus with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices.